This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Mary Holm loves a winner, don't you Mary? Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Excellent. Nice to get something that you can, even if you don't want it, you can give it away at Christmas. Oh, yes. There's always someone you can give it to. <laughs> always. Yeah. Mary, we're going to talk money today and couples and other relationships, and it's part two. Uh, and Christmas, of course, you know, we all hope that it's for the best, but not always, doesn't always work out that way, does it? Oh, it's awful how many families say that, you know, there's a bit of strife or between couples. It's, it's quite a common thing. We seem to get all worked up and then you know, disappointed. But anyway, I was thinking that as Christmas was coming, I'd have a little look at um, how couple relationships in particular, but but more generally as well, are affected by money issues. And there's quite a lot of stuff about it. Um, An interesting survey done by the Commission for Financial Capability, which these days is going by Te Ara Ahunga Ora, um, and they did a survey of 3,000 adults in New Zealand, and they found that that one in five of the people they talked to had problems with with relationships that were due to financial issues. Makes and sense, it's, though. It's not a shock, really, is it? No, it's not. It's not. And, and, but it's quite a high percentage. I actually thought it might even be higher than that. It obviously depends on how... You know how I, I would say that the, a rare couple where there are no kind of money differences between between the two people, but um, they found that it was there was more there were more likely to be problems among the young ones, 18 to 34, and it decreased with age until when you got to um, people 65 percent, sorry 65 years old and over, only seven percent were reporting. Um, relationship problems to do with money but then when you think about it, it the the optimistic way to look at that is that, that they've learned over the years but then then perhaps the more realistic way is that when there have been big money problems couples are split you know i mean i think a lot of bust ups happen around financial issues mm, uh, maybe they've just learned to hide it better that could be. I don't know how much you can hide between when it comes to something like money. You know, in the end, one of them spending and one of them's not, or, or whatever. Um, we, the, this research found that on when they looked at income levels, that was quite interesting. But you were most likely to have problems if you were on a, had little or no income, and that's not surprising. But then the next highest group were people that were where the income was 150 to 200,000. So um, quite wow. high-income couples were second highest. Although actually, after you looked at that first low-income group, the rest were all fairly equal. So it suggests that it's not necessarily a shortage of money that's causing the problems between couple between people in a couple, which is interesting. Um, also more likely to be problems if, if you have children under four. Um, no, it's not totally obvious why that would be, but I suppose quite often one of the two people is not earning income at that point, and that might add to the stress, of the financial stress. Sadly, Maori and Pacific were more likely to have financial problems causing relationship problems and people who rent. 
Um, Especially these days, people who rent, you know. Oh, God, yes. And, and, you know, a lot of them are trying to save to to get into a first home and struggling with that. And that, of course, must cause problems when one of them's denying themselves, you know, something that, that's fairly essential and then the other one goes out and splashes. You can just see, see the problems that could come out of that. Um, that's a big thing, isn't it, in, in terms of people's different uh, approaches to the finances, whether you've put your money into a joint account, whether you individually have accounts, each each person in the relationship has their own account, and whether you share that. Yeah, that's actually, in a minute I'll get on to how to do it well, and there's a couple of points along those lines um, on that, but I just wanted to, to say that um, the people who did badly in the survey um tended to be people who lacked long-term financial planning um, and had a propensity to spend rather than save, which is probably not surprising, reluctance to discuss money. And I reckon that's probably really important that couples really do have to have conversations with one another and work out what their priorities are going to be um, and what's reasonable to spend and what's not. Um, Some other research shows that uh, of financial disagreements, um, the, the, there was particularly likely to be perceptions of one partner overspending, um, or and then there's oh sorry now, but bit confused on that one. The strongest predictors of divorce are perceiving that one spouse spends money foolishly. That was one predictor of divorce along with infidelity and alcohol and drug abuse, those are the three strongest indicators that a couple was likely to divorce. So if one of you thinks the other one's spending money foolishly, um, watch out. Mm. Depends what your definition of foolish is, though, doesn't it? Of course it it does. Yes, exactly. The other person might well say that's not foolish. I mean, and this is where big fights can happen. And so... The, you know, what we've got to conclude is that people have got to talk to one another about it a, a bit more, I think. Awkward, um, though. There's so many moments. Those are awkward conversations with people who have different approaches to, to money. Uh, yeah. Because it often it would end in an argument. Yes. Yeah, look, exactly. It, it's, but I think the conclusion from reading a fair bit about this is if you don't talk about it, it's likely to be worse. I mean, you're still going to be out there spending you know, um, each each of you is going to be out there doing things with money. That and if you don't discuss it, the problem's going to be there. It's not like the other person's anger is going to go away. Or, yeah. It's, it's Mary, have you, have you got any advice about how to open that conversation up? How do you yeah. start that conversation? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hi, I've got something to say to you. <laughs> maybe you say, I was just listening to Karen and Mary talking today, and and, and they pointed out that it's tricky. Uh, yeah, look, no, I don't, I don't, can't think of anything in particular to say to people except that if you don't talk about it, it's not going to go away. It's going to more likely to cause further problems. So to end on a more positive note, yes. Um, um, some research that a woman called Linda Scogrand did on successful relationships, she found that um, financially it was really good to have little or no debt, which is, of course, to be predicted, or a plan to pay off your debt. 
So if you've got debt, which would include a mortgage, but also especially credit card debt and things like that, if you can sit down together and make a plan to get rid of that high interest debt and try and get the mortgage down as fast as possible, that that can be really helpful. Also, um, partners having equal access to financial resources is really important. It's awful when you hear about it's usually the man who's got more control because often they've got the only income or a higher income and they're the ones that certainly not always uh, but but anyway it's it, it's really important for, for the equal access to the money um, to keep each other each other informed about financial development so if you get a pay rise or a pay cut or whatever uh, or in, in any other way, keep talking about it. I mean, that's really the the, the main message here, I suppose. Um, finally, she says, don't make large purchases without the approval of the other partner. Mm. I have to say that um, years ago, my a friend of mine, when I was a kid, her mother bought a house in an auction without telling her husband. Without telling her partner? Without her husband. Her partner. Yeah, yeah. She... Um, she just said she was at the auction with a friend and they were auctioning off houses and she just thought no one was bidding and it looked like too good a buy and so she bought it. <laughs> well, it probably didn't do her any harm, actually. She had the money to buy it now. But the marriage lasted. I think they sold it again fairly soon after. I think they sold it at a profit. So <laughs> she, she saw, thank God they did. Yeah, well, that was against Linda Skogran's, is that her name? That's right. Yes, of a successful yeah. relationship. Can we go yeah. through those again? So so that is sure. the, the great relationship that you have. Obviously, this would be great for everybody if they had little or no debt, but they've got a plan. That's number one. So you've, you've okay. discussed it. Yeah. You've opened that uh, discussion. Plan to get rid of the debt. Get yes. rid of the debt, right. And then and equal access, meaning that you can go into your partner's bank account? Well, I don't think necessarily. Um, she said having joint or separate accounts was not as important as having access. I, I, think, I don't think that's necessarily saying that you can't each have your own account, because a lot of couples do, don't they, where she has... Or this could apply to, to gay couples, etc. But that one of them has their own account, and the other one has their own account, and then they have a joint account as well. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they just, you just don't want to have one partner, not who can't get at the money as easily as the other one. Uh, that's when stuff starts happening, where people put money away in trusts and don't tell the other one until the marriage falls apart, and then they find there's a whole lot of money hidden away, or they don't find out until years later sometimes. I mean, awful stuff can happen. So there's basically got to be equal access to financial resources. Um, so the third one is keep each other informed. So just keep talking. I mean, you know, how do you talk about it? Well, just say we've got to talk about it, I suppose. Um, yeah. Um, do not make large purchases without the approval of the other partner. And uh, I mean, I had a letter to my column in the Herald a while back where a woman said, look, our marriage has improved vastly ever since. We we separated off so many thousand dollars a year each and he could buy whatever bottles of wine he wanted and I could buy whatever clothes I wanted. 
and the other was none none of the other person's business. And so if you do something like that with you know, if you each acknowledge that you've got an area where the other one feels you overindulge, then you can each have your own little funds to do your indulging in. And that could work quite well. It's it's about equality a lot of it, isn't it really? Yes, make some good points and really the bottom line as you say when it comes down to the biggest problems are when you've got no money not for everybody but when you're just scraping to get get through and get by and so everything becomes you know difficult particularly at Christmas having you know obligations to perhaps buy children presents and whatever that, that's when it's really stressful isn't it? Oh, look yes but um, don't forget this, the survey found that some of the higher income people had just as many problems and I've heard of a lot of people where there's a lot of money coming in but one partner is not letting the other one have free access to the money etc. I don't think it's just certainly not confined to low income people, I think it's anybody really any income level. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, well, very good. Well, I hope you have a, a good Christmas and things go Thank well. I'm you. sure they're very uh, organised in your household. Oh, uh, no, no, they're not. No, but no, you have a lovely Christmas too, Karen. Uh, Thanks very much. Good to talk to you. That's Mary Holm.